0: Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux. Today, joining me for episode 94, the clinch episode, is Matt Collins, the managing editor at Over the Monster. Matt, welcome back.
1: Thank you. I feel like I'm having a little deja vu. (laughs) It's good to be back.
0: Yeah, for the listeners out there, we are uh, experiencing Groundhog Day right now. (laughs) This is the third
1: time we've done this intro. Yeah. Hopefully the last time.
0: Hopefully the last time we have run into a slew of technical difficulties this past week. So uh, we didn't get an episode out to you regrettably last week, but we are here and it seems like we figured it out. So that's a good thing. Also a good thing, the Red Sox clinched their third straight AL East title last night. First time in franchise history. They did it at Yankee Stadium, which was sweeter in my opinion. I know Matt has a differing one. Uh, than doing it even at home, because I just like anything that involves causing the Yankees extreme pain. So, uh, Matt, what was your impression of this one? It was a pretty good good game in its own right.
1: It was a good game. Um, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez didn't really look great. Heath um, Bria gave up a pretty big home run, although it was a Yankee Stadium special, but still it wasn't a great pitch. Um, but yeah, the offense has kind of been scuffling along for a little bit they broke out uh that was pretty nice and yeah seeing i'm a such a sucker for celebrations like that so i mean i just love watching like grown adults yelp around and pour beer and champagne on each other and shit so i had fun
0: do you uh do you really like weddings then
1: uh you know oh yeah who doesn't like weddings as long as it's open bar but um well yeah yeah. Um, I don't really like champagne, though, so I'm not a big champagne guy.
0: I mean, I don't think it really matters. Like, y- those guys aren't really drinking that stuff. Oh, They're no, I know. A I projectile. just went
1: weddings. Oh, okay. I've never been to a wedding where you pour champagne. I mean, that would be a pretty awesome. I'd go. If anybody has weddings where you just pour champagne on everyone, <laughs> send me the invite. But I've never been to one of those.
0: Let me ask you this, then. If you get the invite for a wedding and it's not open bar, does it go in the trash?
1: Uh, I mean, it depends who it is.
0: Like, but yeah, you are throwing that sucker in the trash, aren't you?
1: If uh, yeah, mo- most likely, unless they're like <laughs> blood blood relative, I might have to go. But other than that, yeah, have, get an open bar. Yeah, yeah. At least beer and wine, like hard alcohol.
0: Well, that's the way to do it. Yeah, if you have a you know a troublesome uncle or something like that, the uh, hard alcohol uh, open bar can be can be tough. So, yeah. um, so by the way, the team is now at 104 wins. They're just too shy of breaking the team record they have nine games left to go and if they go five and four they'll finish with 109 wins that's uh that's pretty good matt i mean we were we were talking about the the prospects of them uh challenging for 116 you know a while back and i think we both guessed they'd be right around the 110 mark so it'd be pretty cool if they got to 110 that's kind of what i'm rooting for because i just think that's a pretty cool number
1: yeah um To be honest, I don't really care. I'm kind of enjoying not caring about wins and losses for a couple of weeks, so I don't really want to put a number in my head because that means I'm going to have to care about wins and losses again. But uh, this is the best regular season Red Sox team I've ever seen, and if they do win the World Series, which is far from a sure thing, but if they do, then it's the best Red Sox team I've ever seen, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty damn good one. But I think uh J D himself said it best last night when he was celebrating. He said, You wanna celebrate and enjoy it, but we aren't done. So this team clearly has an eye towards something else. They've made the postseason now as the division winner three years in a row. First two times didn't go so well. Um so they're gonna be looking for, for some
1: more out there. Yeah, definitely. Um just a weird stat. That doesn't really have anything to do with what you just said, but um, This is the seventh straight year where they've been either first or last. So, it's been a weird time in Red Sox history.
0: That is bizarre. How many uh, years were they last out of that?
1: Two or three? Okay. 12, 14, 15, and then 13, 16, 17, 18, they were first.
0: I think I've blocked 15 completely
1: out of my brain. 15 was... Yeah, 15 was weird. That was the year... um, that was the year they like went bananas in the second half, I think. It looked a lot better.
0: That was the Tori Lovello second half,
1: right? I think so I yeah. get 14, 15 confused. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Well, it's nice. It's really nice. And I thought it was really fitting that Mookie Betts had such an incredible game versus the Yankees during the clincher. He went four for five. He had that home run that was very reminiscent of what we saw from Mookie Betts during the first half of the year when he just jacked one off of her oldest Chapman. That was really sweet to see.
1: Yeah. um, He gave a lot of credit to Alex Cora, and I think it's kind of a testament to what Cora has brought to this team. Um, He said that Cora kind of just reminded him that he's Mookie Betts pretty much. He told him he's the best player in baseball and that he just has to get back to what he was doing. Um, He told him that his best series of the year was against the Astros. He only swung it at one pitch out of the zone. In that whole series he said if you go back to doing that you're gonna go back to uh being the guy you were in the first half and sure enough it's exactly what happened um ike's still going did he get to 30 30 yet i know that was something that they talked about yeah they talked he wants that he kind of pretty much came right out and said it so that's something to watch what is he he's a couple stolen bases short so look for him to be running every time he gets on base
0: Well, my fantasy team could use that right now because I'm in the championship. So, uh, yeah, Mookie, keep running, keep hitting, get on a tear. Let's do it, baby. Um, Other notes from that game: Heath Hembree was just miserable. He gave up that monster grand slam. Uh, Wright, on the other hand, was amazing. Came in for three strong, looked awesome. Knuckleball was great. Uh, They did a good job catching him. Uh, Do you think Hembree is off this? Potential playoff bullpen. I, I kind of think he's he's out of the question right now.
1: I think he should be. I don't think he will be. Um, I think Cora clearly still likes him with runners on base, um, and he's gonna keep. I think he's he's just been too important all year. I don't think they're gonna leave him off. Um, I will say characterizing him as terrible in that game might be a little strong. Uh, he didn't load the bases. He did give up the home run, but it was like right over the fence on the short porch. Um, And then he he only threw three pitches. I don't know if that's terrible, but uh, he has been pretty terrible of late. Um, I, like I said, I would have him off, but I think I just can't see it happening.
0: All right. Let's play the third edition that we've played, I think, of Let's Make a Bullpen. So it's Kimbrell. Okay. It's Wright. It's Brazier. It's Workman. Right.
1: Yes.
0: Kimberl Wright, Brazier, Workman. Who else?
1: Barnes. Okay. Um, whoever doesn't make the rotation. So. We think of Aldi, but that's probably becoming. Probably Aldi. So um, it was reported not too long ago, like 20 minutes ago. Chris Mason um, writes for the Eagle Tribune, a couple other papers in that area. Um, he said that reading between the lines, it sounds like Avaldi will be in the rotation if the Sox draw their Yankees in the ALDS.
0: Interesting. Okay. I think
1: they don't want Rodriguez against a righty heavy lineup like that, which kind of makes sense, especially after last night. Yeah. Um, so either way, whoever doesn't make the rotation, I think is going to be a pretty key piece in the bullpen.
0: Okay, so that's six guys right there.
1: So we got one more. So I think this is where Henry comes in. I would have Pointer, but I think it'll be Henry.
0: How many opportunities has Pointer been getting? Every time I turn on the game, I don't see him.
1: He hasn't been he, – uh, he got – he had like a little run where he was pitching a lot, but it really hasn't been that much. Um, and Alex Cora said today also in his media meeting that um, – He's heard people saying that it looks like he's doing tryouts for the bullpen, but that's not the case. He knows he already knows who he wants, which leads me to believe that Pointer doesn't really have a shot.
0: Interesting. I'm kind of surprised that no one's, well, not a lot of lists that I'm seeing have Brian Johnson because every time I see him pitch, he's been awesome.
1: Yeah, I just don't know. I feel like Wright and whoever doesn't make the rotation, you already have two guys like that. And Johnson's somebody who I would want if I need somebody to go, like, multiple innings, not somebody I would want to get, like, a big out.
0: So I, I guess I'll push back on that a little bit. With with um, Stephen Wright, though, last night was the first time that we'd seen him go more than two innings. He went three innings last night, but he hadn't done that since he's come back from the injury. Whereas Brian Johnson's the type of guy that, you know, if, if Price is getting hit hard in the first inning, you pull him out and you put Brian Johnson in for four or five.
1: Yeah, I think well, I think they would do that with Wright, and I think they would do that with Evaldi or Rodriguez.
0: Okay.
1: And that would, um, he threw a couple innings against the Astros too. Wright did.
0: Yeah. So he's he's thrown two yeah. once before this, but he hadn't thrown three before this.
1: No. But I mean, I don't think they, I don't think there's any question that he could do it in the playoffs. And okay. I also don't really like him. Like he's not a guy you bring in. I had some people wondering why he didn't come in with the bases loaded. And you just can't bring a knuckleballer into that situation because a pass ball is a run. So he's I do not really, he's not like a fireman type of guy. I feel like his role has to be a multi-inning either.
0: So on the off chance that – well, I, I guess I shouldn't say the off chance. On the chance that Henry does make it over pointer, do you think that Cora is going to continue to run him out there as the guy to use with men on base or is – that is, do you think he's starting to change his mind a little bit like who should he use
1: well brazier's been getting that run um so i would say brazier's over that it really depends on what kind of work they can get for barnes before the playoffs start i think because barnes was mostly an eighth inning guy before he got hurt but he also got a bunch of chances with runners on base and needed really well um I think people are kind of forgetting about Barnes, and I feel like he's the key to this bullpen working. Because if he's the guy he was in the first half, uh, Kimbrel Barnes, and whatever starter doesn't make the rotation, I'm pretty okay with that as, like, a top three.
0: And we got to anticipate that we're going to see a lot of Barnes over these next nine games to kind of see if yeah, he's I right. Su-
1: I was surprised he didn't come in last night, but I think they wanted Kimberl on the mound when they clinched. Um, because they they don't want Barnes in a high leverage spot for his first outing, so the ninth inning kind of seemed like a good spot. But I get wanting to have Kimbrel out there for that moment.
0: Well, I guess this whole thing kind of lets us know why they uh, have Iovaldi making more s- starts down the stretch, because this is you know looking likely that it could be the Yankees here with uh, you know the A's not drawing ahead, and it looks like the game is going to be played in New York. Not not that that matters. Still pretty close. But
1: i think it's only a game and a half
0: i thought it was three at this point no i'm pretty
1: sure it was a game and a half because well they picked up a game last night okay because they beat the angels by like 55 runs (laughs) that was hilarious yeah it's only a game and a half okay so i mean that's definitely still a raise
0: yeah definitely is that's true so uh, playoffs are going to start on October 5th for the Red Sox at Fenway Park. So that's coming up here soon. I mean, it's already the 21st as we record this, so only nine games left in the season. Uh, aside from the bullpen, the other concern that I have going into the ALDS is the passivity that the Red Sox are displaying on pitches in the middle of the zone. Uh, I think it was Alex Speer that did a really good article Uh, last week, maybe, or maybe it was even this week. It might have been earlier in this week.
1: Yeah, I think it was just a few days ago.
0: He was talking about, um, you know, how the Red Sox have been more passive and not swinging at as many pitches that are middle of the zone. Uh, And that's something that Alex Cora has harped on, too, and he said that the team needs to get back to doing that. And, you know, we've noticed that from Mookie Betts. We talked about that last time we were on the podcast here. Um, It seems like that's going to be something – that Alex Gore is going to continue to kind of drill into these guys because they've had so much success when they do it and uh, not nearly as much when they don't. So I don't know that – I guess I'm just – I'm I'm curious as to why maybe they would have stopped and and how do you get guys to commit to something like that. It just seems like one of these things that like – like it's like your parents telling you to clean your room. Like you know you need to do it, and then you stop doing it, and then you do it again. I mean it just.
1: I'm still like that with my room.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm probably explaining this terribly, but it's just like no, it's one I know. of those things that you hear in the background that I feel like you you think you're thinking about, but then it's easy to forget to do it.
1: I think what it is is they start struggling, um, and then you start overthinking things once you start struggling and then you're waiting for the perfect pitch because you want that slump buster. And then that can just kind of take you down the wrong road, I guess. Um, I'm not really worried. I think these guys have been too good for too long to really be worried. If there was anybody to be worried about, it would probably be Moreland. Um, And Benintendi has been pretty rough for a little while, but I just can't imagine that swing being down for too long. So, I mean, I get it. It's tough to watch right now, but I think they'll be fine, especially getting some breaks, getting some mental breaks will probably help them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. The mental side of things is where that comes in, and I got to think that everybody's going to be mentally elevated when it comes to playoff time, so... Yeah, hopefully that pans out. But I think that if we're going to point to anything outside of the bullpen that could be the issue, it's it's definitely that if the offense doesn't show up the way it's
1: supposed to. I guess. I mean, the starting pitch. Anything could go wrong. It's a, the playoffs are weird. It's such a small sample. That I mean, Chris Sale was bad last year. I wouldn't expect it, and I wasn't expecting it then. But I mean, it's possible things happen. It's yeah. just you never know what's going to happen.
0: Uh, what's the status with Eduardo Nunez he's been out with a little bit of soreness what's going on with him
1: yeah he hurt his hamstring the other night um, they don't, they're not acting like it's really serious but he's not going to play this weekend um, probably for the best to get Devers some time and maybe get him hot um, I've said before Nunez I feel like is a safer option but if Devers gets hot that's the ideal option he looked pretty good last night so if he keeps doing that it might all be for the best
0: um, yeah, I mean, Devers, I feel like, has looked a little bit overmatched with good velocity lately. Have you noticed except that? For her
1: oldest, except for yeah, except for her oldest Chapman though. Yeah, I
0: don't know what it is about number.
1: Chapman. It's he got another hit off him last night. I don't understand it. It is kind of weird. Cause um, right, especially a lefty. Like he struggles against lefties, and he struggles against like big stuff like that. Yeah. It's just something about Chapman. He's got him.
0: It seems like the Red Sox as a team kind of have
1: Chapman. That's yeah, a good feeling. Yeah, they said uh, I forget where I saw this, but they've he Chapman has 16 innings against the Red Sox um, since coming to the Yankees, and the Red Sox have 16 runs in those 16 innings. That's Ooh, pretty
0: good. Yeah, I'll take that. It's a, it's funny how the Red Sox team seem to uh, be able to figure out the Red Sox closers. I just remember. Yankees uh, closers. Yeah, yeah, Yankees closers. Big games against Mo Rivera too. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's familiarity. Um, but Kimbrel made them look pretty stupid last night, except for McCutchen. Kutch is not nice. heater right now though. Yeah, he he was on base like four or five times last night. But it was nice that they ended that game with an ugly strikeout against Stanton too. That made me feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, screw that guy. Big monster. <laughs> um so i want to talk about the al and nl awards because the red sox have a lot of guys who are certainly in the conversation for a bunch of these al awards i i think that sales shot is probably over uh for the cy young at this point but mookie i think is probably still the front runner for the mvp so let's let's start with our awards picks right now who would you go with for al mvp right now
1: i think it's got to be mookie um Trout's been Trout. He's amazing. And I wouldn't really be upset if he won. But uh, I think you got to go with Mookie. Just, he's close enough to Trout that you can use the winning team as a tiebreaker, I guess. Um, plus, I mean, there's always voter fatigue. Trout's in it every year, you know. So I think it's got to go to Mookie.
0: Yeah, Mookie's got the better defense than Trout. Um, Trout's better offensively even. I mean, Trout... Trout's carrying a 193 weighted runs created plus through the year right now with 130 games. He's amazing. Games. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, he's amazing. But you, if you're looking at the counting stats line, Mookie has 30 home runs, Trout has 36. Mookie has 121 runs, uh, Trout has 96. Uh, Mookie has more RBIs, 77 to 72. Mookie has more steals, 28 to 24. Um and Mookie's got a 180 WRC plus on his own right so uh, when you add everything up Mookie's ahead of him on Fangraph's war by .1 In really that's
1: not really anything though like that's tied
0: yeah oh yeah it's basically nothing Uh, but both of those guys have pulled ahead of that duo from the Indians, Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. Um, They're having incredible seasons. Jose Ramirez is a 38-33 guy right now with a 151 WRC plus, Um, but both of those guys are significantly behind uh, where Trout and Betts are now. So I I think it's probably still a two-man race.
1: Probably. I mean, the narrative is still going to be there for um, Cleveland's guys, and Bregman's kind of come on strong, too. And J.D.'s going to get love too there's no doubt in my mind about that i would definitely give it to bets over jd but he's gonna he's got that narrative of kind of changing the culture so he'll get some love
0: yeah and he definitely has those big counting stats too 41 home runs 106 runs uh, 124 rbi so far and a 331 batting average he'll just be he'll be the sixth player ever uh to hit over 40 home runs with uh 300, 330 batting average and over 120 RBIs, so that's uh, that's good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, the dude's good. But I agree with you. I would give it to Mookie, and I think he's probably the prohibitive
1: favorite. The guy just should also mention that uh, we're incredibly biased.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but even non-biased people are. No, I like
1: think going for I this. think he's probably the leader too. I just think that we're probably not the best people to ask. No, definitely not.
0: Um, Let's go over to AL Cy Young. This is where uh, things get a little bit dicier. I wrote about this earlier. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago I wrote about this, and I tabbed Verlander as the guy who I would have. Who would you have?
1: Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this a lot. I don't really feel good about it, but I think I'd give it to Snow, even though he doesn't have the innings. I feel like innings matter less and less now, and he's just been amazing. Um, but, I mean, him, Fairlander, even Cole and Kluber, I think it's close. I just think Snell's going to sub two ERA, and that's pretty awesome
0: yeah i mean that's the race that's the race i think right now because chris sale doesn't even qualify for the era title right
1: now at this point with the innings that he has yeah um he's not that far behind in innings though i mean i guess if he he's supposed to throw five tonight maybe like seven the next time maybe he can get there but
0: yeah he might be able to i just think he's going to be too low innings wise to to win the award but Snell, you know, we're talking about him because he's 20-5 and five right now. He's got an incredible record. We know that wins matter to the voters, even though we don't like the stat.
1: I don't think they do that much anymore.
0: I, I disagree. Uh, I, I Looking at the data from Jay Jaffe, who compiled all the winners, it seems like they still like the wins. And I think that Porcello got a lot of bump from that just two years ago.
1: Yeah, I don't think he got as much of a bump as people make it out to be. I mean, he led in other stuff. He had the best strikeout-to-walk ratio. Um, his peripherals were really, really good that year, too. I mean, they still matter. I guess it depends on who gets the votes. Like, it's split up randomly, I think. And so, I mean, every team gets a representative, but who votes for what is random. So, I mean, if you, it's possible that it just skews Young, and then wins don't matter anymore yeah because i mean felix won it that one year without having the wins i think Degrom's gonna we'll get to this later but i think Degrom's gonna win the cyan running away he doesn't have wins
0: yeah i think i still have to lean verlander here over snell i, I like that he's over 200 innings i like that you know when you when you dig a little deeper into FIP and xfip and stuff like that and more they all like him better than snell um I think Snell's great. I just think that 87.7% left-on-base rate is a little bit fluky. Um, I don't think he's he's as good as his 1.97 ERA says, and uh, you know he's still only three innings ahead of a guy in Trevor Bauer who hasn't pitched in like well over a month. So
1: yeah, that's fair. I just
0: I am not sure about the volume. I want to say though the Yankee the uh, not the Yankees the Indians are just the no their rotation
1: team. is bananas
0: they on this list right here i'm looking at fangraphs war trevor bauer uh carlos carrasco Corey kluber and mike clevenger are all in the top seven in the american league in pitcher war and all of them are over 182 innings That's yeah i'm looking at uh other yeah i'm on
1: bauer i'm on a dra war and they are all in the top 19 in all of baseball
0: it's, it's stupid
1: it's, yeah it's, it's crazy, crazy. <laughs> it's bananas
0: that, that team, I'm just Clementine so happy. doesn't
1: get enough love for what he's done this year.
0: No, he's been um, great. Just
1: because, I mean, the rest of that rotation is just sick. It makes sense that he's underrated. It's just – that's their number four.
0: How happy are you that the Indians are going to play the Astros, though? Because one of those guys
1: is getting taken out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is pretty sweet unless – uh, the A's catch the Astros they are only uh, three and a half I thought it was two and a half still three and a half it's a race probably not gonna happen but we can dream
0: yeah uh, actually I don't wanna I don't wanna have that
1: dream I would uh, i, I want an Astros Yankees card game in my life so bad really so bad that would get, I mean first of all it would just be an incredible game just as a baseball fan plus, plus one of them is out. I, I hate both of those teams so one of them being out in a one-game playoff, that would fill me with joy.
0: I just want to guarantee that, that Houston or or Cleveland is going to be out before we see them.
1: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I just feel like rooting for opponents of the playoffs, it's, you're going to play good teams no matter what. Whatever happens, happens.
0: All right, so the next awards category that we have is AL Rookie of the Year. We have I, the so- big candidates, Shohei Otani, we have Gleiber Torres, Miguel Andujar. Who are you going with here?
1: I this is the worst debate because people have their opinions are way too strong. I say Andujar. But if you say Otani, I totally get it. Um I just think Andujar has been incredible. I know his defense isn't great, but he's like carried that lineup for times this year his power has been incredible and he's been healthy all year um like i said if you go otani it's i hate award season because like debates inevitably turn into just like trashing whoever you don't think should win yeah just it drives me nuts so i would say and do hard people are very passionate about this vote and uh it makes me mad online
0: Out of the two Yankees guys, I agree with you. I do like Andujar slightly better. I think that he's had the more consistent bat all year. I think his defense kind of sucks. I think that um, Glaber Torres has the higher ceiling out of the two guys. Yeah, I
1: definitely think Torres is going to be the better player in the long
0: run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But I I think that what Andujar has given that team this year has been extremely valuable. So in the spirit of the award, I kind of like it. Um, Shohei Otani though it's really hard for me not to give it to him if he asked me this three weeks ago I would have said no way it's one of the two Yankees guys but looking at what he's done with the bat over the past few weeks too the guy right now has a 160 weighted runs created plus with 20 home runs, 9 steals and 50 runs and 50 RBIs a little bit more than that he's batting 290 I didn't think that there was any way that he would have a slash line like this guys get a 290 iso and the velocity off his bat the exit velocity backs this up i mean he is a very good hitter and as a pitcher he's top 10 in the league in velocity as well it's it's ridiculous i i just didn't think i didn't buy the hype to be honest i just didn't think that he would be this good and he is it's a shame that he's got the ucl issue but
1: yeah it sucks i mean um,
0: i think you gotta give it to him
1: yeah i mean i get it um i just for me, it's mostly a playing time thing. He has 330 plate appearances versus 566 for a Duhar. And uh, I don't know that the 51 innings are enough to put it over the top. But it's such a unique case. Like, I have no idea how to weigh that.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what the voters are going to think either.
1: Yeah, that's it's going to be an interesting vote. It's just the backlash from whoever wins is going to be rough
0: i think what is in his favor though is that shohei is 24 you know and most of the japanese guys that have come over and been eligible and or won the award have been a little bit older than that so i think that helps him a lot
1: yeah probably i mean he's like the same it's only a year older than intubar
0: yeah uh manager of the year it's gotta be core
1: right yeah i think so um i think you could definitely make a case for melvin um and I think you can make a really interesting case for Kevin Cash, too. But, um, again, I'm biased, so I think you have to go with Cora, just the way this Red Sox team has just been a juggernaut all year.
0: Yeah, um, I-, I like those other two picks, too, Melvin and Cash, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if one of them won over Cora, I really wouldn't be that upset. I mean, it's definitely an understandable case.
0: If Melvin wins, I won't be upset. If Cash wins i'll be a little surprised i know that they've just been incredibly hot in the second half and no one wants to play him and it's hilarious that the yankees have to play them to end the season because they just get destroyed by them this year um but i mean cora man I, I, jd had a quote about it yesterday which i thought was pretty good uh he was getting champagne poured in his eyes and uh garen oskin was asking him you know what's what's been the difference this year and uh, he described how quickly the year has gone by versus other years and he talked about how in August it usually turns into you know kind of a slog where you just can't wait until the end of the regular season and I think it's a testament to Cora that JD and the rest of the guys are feeling like this has been fun they've won a lot they've gone through it together they seem to be a close-knit group Um, everyone just seems to be buying in to what he's selling and he seems to have been the perfect sort of uh cherry on top of what was a pretty good team that uh dombrowski built
1: yeah definitely and like i said i think he would get my vote too i think the best case for cash would be um people i think people are kind of underrate how hard it probably was to get all the relievers to buy into that opener and even the starters and like I know they were young pitchers, and a lot of them didn't have a lot of leverage, but I think Cash deserves a ton of credit. Whatever you think of the opener, whether it's a good or bad strategy, um, getting in t- getting the players to buy into that to the extent that they have is probably easier said than done.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I I would think, still go Core though. Yeah, I mean, Cash is awesome. It's, it's hard to say anything bad about him. And it's been impressive how well that whole opener thing has worked. I mean, they're they're a really dangerous team right now. And I think we have to give props also to another rookie who's on that team. Uh, they've got two really good rookies, actually, uh, in uh, Adamas and um, Wendell. Wendell. And Wendell, especially. He reminds me of the next Ben
1: Zobrist. Oh, I hate that phrase. You might be right. It's just we've had... 50 next Ben over the last like 10 years, it's kind of over it. He does look like the real deal though. No, he he does look good.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna like playing against or seeing the team play against that guy for the next
1: whatever. Oh, it's seven the days. race. He's gonna be traded soon. Don't worry about it. Yeah, well,
0: hopefully. Um, all right, so let's move on to the National League here. Uh, National League MVP. This might be the biggest shit show award in the uh, National League this year. No one's really run away from it, but who are
1: you giving it to? If I'm voting for it, I think it's got to go to DeGrom. Um, He's been, I think there's a pretty good argument he's been the best player in baseball this year, regardless of league. Um, He's been just crazy good. There's nobody that's really running away with anything uh, for this award in the National League. I would give it to DeGrom. I don't think it's going to happen. He's both a pitcher and on a bad team. Um, So if we eliminate him, I would probably go Yellick especially what he's been doing lately. But I really I think it should be DeGrom. The more I think about it, the more firm I am in that stance.
0: Um, I would not like it if they gave it to a pitcher, just because I typically don't like it if they give it to a pitcher. I get the argument that the three best players in the National League have, by most metrics, been uh, Nola and DeGrom and Scherzer. But, I mean... When I'm looking at the standings right now, I'm looking at the Brewers and they're pushing the Cubs for first place. They've been playing great all year, and Christian Yelich is just incredible. 31 home runs, over 100 runs, almost 100 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, and you know that typical sweet swing, over 300 batting average, leads the league in weighted runs created plus, plays all three outfield positions. Uh, tough to tough to give it to anybody but him. If you're going to give it to a position player, but I want to give a little bit of love down to Trevor story too. He's all the way at 11 in, in war, but I think that his story before he got hurt. oh shit. I did oh,
1: that not. Was, I that didn't, was the worst thing I've ever heard of my entire life. I
0: did not mean to do that again. Second week in a row that I've, uh, had an unintentional pun.
1: Who's was the last one workman.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, no, it might've been workman. Yeah. And <laughs> man, Fuck. I don't even want to finish this. Um, uh, <laughs>
1: cancel the podcast
0: but trevor story uh 33 home runs 26 stolen bases and uh just the transformation that he made while playing a good shortstop and the colorado rockies are in it i just thought he was a really interesting
1: case yeah i mean i would give it to arenado over him just for the team award but yeah story's been really good um i think it's kind of come i think it's going to come down to yellick or bias and i think yellick is probably going to win
0: you know who's sneaky in this race that no one has mentioned at all? He is second in Fangraphs WAR right now, Anthony Rendon.
1: He yeah, liked... the Nationals aren't good though. I don't think he's gonna get that love.
0: No, I don't think he is either. But I'm just shocked that he's
1: there. You know? I love Rendon. He's one of my favorite players in the game.
0: He's great. Yeah, I mean, I I love the player as well, but like, he's sneaky. Twenty two, eighty two, eighty two two in a three oh four average. Like where did that come from? No one heard about him this year. It was well, just a total afterthought. Garbage. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting though. That's a real logjam when you look up and down that lineup, of uh, or that leaderboard, I should say. There's just there's a ton of guys who are really close. So that's an interesting award. Uh, ben Zobrist. I wanted to give a little love his way. 3.5 WAR this year. One of his best seasons in a long time. Uh, he uh, he finished this year with a three twelve batting average, three eighty four OBP. That's impressive.
1: He's not Yeah. Young. I'm not happy for him.
0: <laughs> you hate I don't, that I, don't guy.
1: Like, I I actually kind of like Ben Zover. He's just part of that Rays team. Yep. yep. So I don't like him.
0: All right, Cy Young. Uh, there's uh, no surprises here for you, right? We're just
1: it, if you're good in got to do yeah, exactly. It
0: uh, has to be. I would have said Scherzer a month ago,
1: and I'm saying Degrom. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely closer, but the I mean, Degrom's unbelievable.
0: My favorite race of the year, NL Rookie of the Year. This is a uh, this is a tight one. This is Soto versus Acuna, and there is really nothing in between.
1: What do you Oh add? yeah. Um, I go Acuna. Uh, but it's one of those if you you can argue either way um i kind of like the all-around package a little more for acuna and that puts it over the top for me but uh soto has been unreal plus i have two dynasty leagues and i have one of them on each of them which makes me feel pretty good but uh
0: i uh i also have a similar situation where i own shares of both these players um as a hit tool guy, as, like, someone who just – I drool over hit tools. I can't get over what Juan Soto has done in his first year. 16.1% walk rate, 20.9% K rate with a 221 ISO. He's batting 297, 410, 518, and he's a teenager.
1: Yeah, he's unbelievable. I they. This is, this is another one where, like – it's just part of the debate process is you kind of have to tear down the other guy to do it, and it's, I just don't feel good about tearing either of these guys down. These mm-hmm. are both future stars.
0: Yeah, and the the plate appearances... Well, they're here. already
1: stars, but they're both. going to be stars for a long time.
0: Oh, yeah. These these guys are going to be up, I mean, top five players in the league, probably. Yeah. Uh, Juan Soto has 459 plate appearances. Acuna has 451, so almost the exact same this year. Uh, Soto uh, is behind in home runs. Uh, he has 20. Uh, Acuna has 26. Uh, runs, it's 73 for Acuna, 72 for Soto. RBI, 58 and 65. Soto has the edge there.
1: We um, don't really care about runs and RBIs, so. though. No.
0: Do
1: we? I mean... Yeah. For fantasy, that's what I Yeah,
0: that... for fantasy purposes. But it's just really interesting. When you go all the way down the line, you even get the weighted runs created, plus... Juan Soto's at 147. is at 146. It's just pick your poison with these guys. Uh, most people are saying Acuna because the defense on top of everything. I think that's the right choice. Like, if I was to make a bet on this, I'd say Acuna. But for me personally, give me give me Soto for the next 15 years.
1: Yeah, that's – I think I might take Acuna actually as an overall player. But, again, it's like neck and neck. Um I think another thing working in Acuna's favor is just that he got that publicity for that lead-off home run streak. Yeah. Kind of got a little narrative on his side, and that's always important in these races.
0: And he plays for a first-place club, not a club that's about to blow
1: up. Yeah, but I feel like the Nationals have kind of, weirdly enough, been in the spotlight more than the Braves this year, even though the Braves have been better. Yeah, they Just because the Nationals yeah. have failed so spectacularly.
0: It is amazing the amount of talent on that team for them not to be in the playoffs.
1: I don't really understand it.
0: Shouldn't have have fired Dusty Baker. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Manager of the Year, National League. Where are you going here?
1: I think hmm, there's a few candidates. um, Tory LaGuardia. I think Craig (laughs) – he was in there. Until uh, the Nationals decide, or Diamondbacks decide to implode. I think I have a different answer than when we talked about this earlier. Um, I'm looking up his name because I don't remember. Mike Schild. He took over for Mike Matheny in the middle of the year. Yep. And then the Cardinals have just gone on a run and are now in the playoff spot, which didn't seem possible when Matheny got fired. So I don't know that he really has a great case if you, t- if you haven't even been the manager all year. But I think he's really interesting, and I don't know that there's a clear front runner in this race. So he's fun. That's an interesting story.
0: I like that whole story, too. Um, he seems like he's kind of the antithesis of Matheny, who, frankly, from all <laughs> the off. stories, seems like kind of an asshole. He's uh, the
1: worst manager in baseball.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was listening to the um, the Ringer MLB podcast, and they had some good excerpts about players having issues with him, and it was uh, pretty surprising. So, yeah, guess I'm not surprised that the Cardinals have thrived without him. Uh, I'm going to go with Craig Council here. More Brewers love. I don't know why I'm loving on the Brewers so much, but...
1: Oh, they're so much fun.
0: Yeah, I just I just like them. You know, I'd like to see them succeed, and uh, I think he's done a tremendous job with what has been an awesome offense and. A great bullpen, but starting pitching that's been kind of up and down all year. And uh, he's made the pieces work. He's made the guys buy in. Uh, He just seems to have that locker room. So uh, I like him. All right. Well, that wraps it up for uh, awards for the year. We'll see how right we are or how wrong we are. Uh, Let's get to some listener questions and we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Frederick Ambrosino uh, has a question for us. Uh, He uh, definitely follows us on Twitter as well, so thanks for the question. Uh, He says, One weapon that the Red Sox won't probably have in the postseason is the ability to have their ace pitch on short rest. How big a disadvantage is it compared to what the Indians or Astros can do? How crucial is Stephen Wright for this team given the state of its bullpen? He says, Go Sox! Matt, that's a great point that I hadn't really thought about. I don't
1: know if I agree with it. Really?
0: Really? Okay, go, go. I need to hear this.
1: What is, I don't understand why Chris Sale can't go on short rest because of the injury, I'm guessing?
0: That's right, because he hasn't been built up.
1: Well, he's, going, he's throwing 75 pitches tonight, mm-hmm. and he's going to throw 100 pitches um, after that. I mean, that's built up. He'll be fine. If they need him to, they can. The other part of that is, based on how they're pitching down the stretch, they have two aces. So they have David Price, too.
0: Unless they're playing the Yankees.
1: Yeah. See, Price wasn't great in that start the other night, but he wasn't nearly as bad as that line uh, would indicate. He got fucked over by an awful um, error by Nunez, and he gave up a bunch of, like, 330, 340-foot home runs. So I'm not really worried about Price. I don't think this is something that I'm really worried about, to be honest. I think if they need Sale on short rest, they're going to get Sale on short rest.
0: I mean, Sale's enough of a lunatic to do it, even if he's not physically able to do it. Uh, and I don't think that they would hesitate to throw him out there. But I just I just don't know if he's physically all the way back yet. We haven't seen a dominating Sale start like the one he had against the uh, the Baltimore Orioles before he went on the DL for the second time. So I guess... I'll be looking to see what he can do the next couple times out for me to fully know that Chris Sale is
1: back. Yeah, he hasn't really been bad enough that I'm worried about it, though.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we've seen him succeed with lesser stuff. We saw it earlier in the year. We've seen it at various times throughout his career, so probably probably shouldn't be overreacting to it. Uh, next one comes from Vinny. He says, can Rick Porcello be a good bullpen arm as opposed to a starter in the postseason? Uh, I think we talked about this last time. He's been absolute garbage whenever he's been in the
1: bullpen. Uh, He's so much more valuable as a starter. Yeah, he's like the one guy. He's the only guy in that rotation, I think, that I don't see his stuff playing up all that much in shorter stints. No, it's it's command control.
0: Yeah. It's it's not going to happen. Uh, Jack Wayne has our next question. He says, is Mookie Betts the greatest player to ever play? There was a guy named Ted Williams who played in left field uh, before uh, him. It was pretty
1: there good. There was another left fielder named Willie Mo Pena.
0: <laughs> Are you queuing up Willie Mo bombs on YouTube right now? What's
1: going I'm, on over there? I, I always have a Willie Mo tab open. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's that's great. That's a fun fact about Matt. Always got a Willie Moe tab. Uh, is uh, is Willie Moe still playing? When did he stop playing affiliated ball? Is he still like crushing home runs in some like third division league?
1: He was in Japan last time I checked.
0: Um, was that recent?
1: 2017. Yeah, I don't think he's playing this year, hmm. but uh, he was playing in Japan, and he had a. 511 slugging percentage okay 242 batting average but a 511 slugging
0: do you think he's ever seriously injured a fan with some of those home runs
1: um no i feel like i would have heard about that but what that willie moe never got to participate in a home run derby is just a devastating fact about our lifetime
0: <laughs> yeah you'll go to the grave with that one matt yeah that's it's, not, it's not fair um, next question comes from Sam Giannotti and he says, did we really deserve to celebrate winning arguably the worst division in the league?
1: Let me tell you something, Sam, <laughs> this is the worst question we've ever gotten. <laughs> I agree. It's, this is so bad. Not only, bad take. not only is the AL not even close to the worst division in baseball. Uh, I mean, they beat the, the second place team is the second best team in baseball by record, I think, or third, I don't know. It's but, up there. Yeah, I mean the Yankees and the Rays are both good. The AL Central is easily the worst team, their worst division in baseball, and the Indians deserve to celebrate that too, because it's a fucking baseball season, man. Relax. <laughs> yes, they deserve to celebrate.
0: Yeah, it's like this guy had never pulled up a standings tab and actually looked at the other divisions before he wrote this.
1: Because I'm so mad about this question.
0: Also, like when you play in the AL East. The top teams typically are so good that they make the teams that are at the bottom sell and, off more than other teams' divisions do because they're always out of it by the
1: half point. The Blue Jays aren't even that bad. Like They're oh. like what you expect from a fourth-place team. The Orioles are that bad. The Orioles are historically bad. I will give you that. But like, yeah, I'm just, this is such a bad question.
0: Yeah, even the Orioles managed seven wins against uh, interleague play, though. Which, uh, they did pretty well case. against the
1: Yankees this year too, yeah. which is
0: oh. awesome. Uh, next question comes from Jack McGrew. He says, "Is it time to retire the extremely younger brother Yankees suck approach?" No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I every time I go to a game, a Yankees suck chant pops up from some reason, and you know what? I think that we, we should continue to chant Yankees suck. For at least, I mean, how many years has it been since oh4 It's been 14, 14 years. So I would say 72 more years uh, we should chant Yankees suck.
1: It's part of being a Red Sox fan. I'll keep it going forever.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, next question comes from Joe Danger. He says, was all the complaining on Twitter about the Yankee Stadium home runs justified? We do play in Fenway after all.
1: Uh, Fenway is not a
0: home run happy park
1: though no but it is a weird park and uh so i i like this question because i thought that the complaining was really over the top i think if you're complaining like that was annoying like totally but if you're complaining like it's unfair i mean it obviously isn't unfair the red sox could have done the same thing um it's annoying in the same way that it's annoying when the other team hits like a 290 foot fly ball that just sneaks around the pole in right field at Fenway. Like it I don't enjoy watching it, but it's complain the only stadium things you're allowed to complain about are the Catwalks in Tampa and any bullpen in foul territory.
0: What about the amount of foul territory in Oakland? I like it. Okay.
1: I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of my favorite parts about baseball is, like, the uniqueness of the stadiums, but I hate bullpens in, in the field of play. The catwalks are garbage, and the, the hill that was in center field in Houston was awful, too. I'm glad they got rid of that.
0: That was a really weird feature that seemed I don't understand. designed to blow up, like, Achilles' tendons. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's the thing. I like the that's a, It's the same thing with the bullpens in foul territory. It's just an unnecessary injury risk.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, I agree with you for, for the most part, I think that's one of the most enjoyable things about baseball. And there's a pretty good Twitter account that you can follow, uh, called like MLB cathedrals or something like that, that always oh, yeah, shows sure. good, uh, stadium picks. So, uh, check that out. Um, all right. So that's about done it for the episode. Uh, we have solved our tech issues, so we should be back with you on a regular schedule from now, hopefully through uh, a long playoff run. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please go on and rate and review us. We've had a ton of rate and reviews this year. They've all been awesome, so continue that please um, through the playoffs. And uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Over the Monster account for all your latest Red Sox news at, at @OverTheMonster. You can follow Matt on Twitter at, at @MattRYCollins, and you can follow me at, at @DevJake. And uh, we'll be with you at a similar time next week.